You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you it's the final word. Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon for Super Super, the industry super fund, hitting your retirement for six. We're at the Ashes, day three at Lords. It doesn't feel like we'd be playing for three days. We haven't. Well, I mean, we, we have only to the extent that three days have elapsed, but today we experienced 24.1 overs. And Jeff Lemon, why don't you tell us all about it in 30 seconds? What a 24.1 overs it was. There's a certain luxury to just having a session because I can do this and waste 10 seconds off the top. Australia added 50 runs in the first session and lost three wickets. England bowled well. Joffre oh, Archer bowled very attractively. It was zinging. It was fast. It was interesting. It was swinging. It was Makawaja. Looked pretty good. Made a few and got out as he does made 36 Steve Smith's not out you'd be amazed to find out with Matthew Wade as the rain fell just before lunch it was an interesting um, well it wasn't quite two hours 118 minutes they came off two hours before the scheduled lunch break never to return play was abandoned just after quarter past five local time in the for the first I think it was they made 28 runs in six overs to begin Um, Kawaja took 
12 of them in the space of three weeks deliveries, a couple of glorious cut shots uh, in that after he'd essentially got Broad out of the attack from one end. So Broad was bowling from what I would call like the Jimmy Anderson end and then Jofra Archer was bowling from the end that Broad normally comes from, that being the pavilion. So they, mm. they swung around from their previous direction that they started off with when they were when they were bowling yesterday afternoon. So Archer had the chance to angle the ball back at Cameron Bancroft and did it expertly. So much so that they had a, a 4-5 field for quite a lot of the time. By that I mean they had five on the leg side, four on the offside. And that included a leg slip, mm. a short leg, a man around the corner at leg gully some of the time as well. He was hitting him on the thigh pad. He was whizzing bounces around his ears and it felt inevitable he would get Bancroft some that way eventually got him leg before wicket. So Bancroft did all the spade work early on and managed to keep him out, but but Archer couldn't be denied. He's he's so good when he's when he's bowling to a plan. Yeah, well soaking up sixty six deliveries in those sort of conditions wasn't for nothing. But yep. Bancroft got hit quite a few times. There were balls into the rib cage that that struck him a few times. He had um, balls sort of you know, clipping his hip and going away over the keeper for leg buyers. They were flying around all over the place mm. and he had a, a very tough time of it. Nearly half of his shots were uncontrolled shots according to the Crickviz data. Yeah, right. False strokes and 42% of his shots. Um, so it, it was really, really tough for him. Um, and, you know, eventually he did get got by the narrowest of margins. He got an LB that where it seemed in viciously down the hill. It was a, a pretty well unplayable delivery and it hit him just above the knee roll to this the sort of one where seeing it live i thought maybe it was just outside the line of off stump yeah and and maybe it was high um and it was just inside the line of the stumps and then it was on drs it was trimming the bales so you know an umpire could very reasonably have given that not out and, and it would have been a fair enough call but the marginal call went against him so um, i thought he, he he did some commendable um trench work but eventually he was done yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, an opener's lot in life is a tough one in England. It has been for the last six or seven years, really. But when you consider that Bancroft had to do the hard work last night, coming back this morning, I was writing before about the idea of waking up in the morning and, and looking at your weather app as all the players do, as all cricket nuts do, really, and realising that there was no chance of play before lunch, which really means you're only objective is to survive you're not going to really prosper before lunch after lunch after lunch rather yep. uh, the, the the point is you, you know you're only there for a couple of hours you can't mm. really get in and capitalize through the afternoon sessions as is right. kind of the custom you, you know you're just kind of getting to the rain break and, and even when we started today i think the most um aggressive uh, prediction was it was going to start raining within half an hour it ended up lasting like i say nearly two but that's a difficult time to bat and bancroft did do most of the hard work and even though he was shuffling a long way across his stumps and there are questions about his front foot in terms of his technique and being an LBW candidate getting that decision then after you know Jofra Archer was bowling bounces you know with the, the speed radar how it's meant to slow down when you're mm. when you're bowling he bowled a 93.9 mile an hour bouncer uh, at one point today I mean that is as quick as you see short deliveries in test cricket yeah, so they rarely get above 90 no that's they, right they, you, you see balls above 90 95 quite often full. when they're full but rarely short so yeah. Yeah, it gives a sense of how hard it was out there when you factor in the slope, factor in the, the, the fact that it was so dark, all the floodlights were on from the first ball that was bowled today. Like mm. You can seldom drum up a more difficult... It sounds like we're making excuses for him getting out for a, for a low score, but it's more just trying to give some context around how tough the job was for I, him today. I think more also just trying to put across that you can make a low score that doesn't necessarily equal a failure. You know, yes. it, it doesn't mean that you haven't done something difficult and, and valuable in a way because soaking up those overs meant that other people didn't have to face face those overs. You know, if he'd got out earlier, they might have been seven for who knows. 
Um, well, you can make the case that Kawaja is more culpable than Bancroft in that respect. So two yeah. balls after Bancroft gets out, Smith walks in. Um, Archer bowls a ninety-four mile an hour ball to Smith to start. I think it was ninety-four point nine. Smith gets his gloves underneath it, and the first ball of the next Wokes over, Kawaja chases a ball that he would have preferred to have left had he yeah. next time again, I'm sure, and it ends up in the gloves of Johnny Bairstow, and suddenly what was a really good start um, puts Australia back in a, a fair degree of trouble again. And I think the, the key thing with Kawaja and Wokes is that um, Wokes had bowled some pretty poor stuff to Kawaja. He'd bowled short a fair bit. He bowled two short outside the off stump, both of which got cut away for yep. four. He bowled a couple of short sort of middle stump balls that Kawaja hooked quite comfortably. And I th- I reckon from memory he'd bowled about three good balls, you know, sort of right arm, a bit of swing across the left-hander on about the off stump. And Kawaja had nicked all three of them. One of them mm. went into the gap the slip gap for four, one of them went on the bounce to slip and the third one is the one that he nicked behind. So Wokes didn't bowl well to him but the three decent balls he bowled in about three overs were the ones all got the edge. So that's, you know, that, that is not really doing your job. Yeah, and on the basis that Kawaja fell, that meant that Travis Head had to walk out mm. into that interrogation. And initially it was Archer who was causing him a lot of trouble beating the bat. There was another quick bouncer in there as well. Then they bring it was Broad swinging. back. There was a bouncer that went past him and swung before it got to Bersto, and Bersto right. nearly made a mess of it. It was like the ball was doing crazy stuff. Well, it meant Smith was looking for a bye and Head sent him back. But, you know, it was yeah. that kind of morning, lots of stuff. Lots was, a lot was going on and Head didn't look like he was long for this world uh, batting before lunch Broad got brought back he only bowled a couple of overs from the nursery end back from his more favoured pavilion end down the slope gets one to jag back I don't understand why um, Ali and Dar sent it upstairs or rather why he gave it not out because mm. immediately Broad sent it upstairs <laughs> he was celeb appealing there was yeah. no way they weren't reviewing it it was hitting middle stump two thirds of the way up so a, a bad decision there from the official but um, Head didn't look comfortable. But once more, like, you got to look at it, like, in terms of good cricket sense, you don't want to send out a guy like that when clearly the rain interval's coming mm. and you've got two players who, they weren't set per se, but they batted for quite a long period of time together by that stage. Well, exactly. So uh, I think with that broad one, maybe... So what happened was he, he was coming around the wicket to the left-hander and he was really wide and he angled it in. It was angling in a long way and then it cuts back a long way down the hill. So it mm. straightens down the hill, if you will, and nails him in front of middle. And I reckon maybe LM Dar just saw the angle from the bowler's hand and thought that's missing leg stump. Yeah, it's too good. Um, yeah. Because head had shuffled across a bit as well towards leg stump. And, and so he was like, yeah, well, it must be, must be beating it. But because of the angle of the hill, it had actually straightened it so much. It was mm. hitting halfway middle and yeah Broad did that it wasn't his full like celebre appeal where he just has his arms up and doesn't even look back but he just jumped in the air with delight when he appealed like oh, I've got him and then when Alan Dar said no he was like T, 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 you know, go for it, and, and they did. The innings I probably enjoyed the most today, apart from Steve Smith, we'll come to Smith in a minute, actually, because um, he'll be more a throw-forward, more than a looking back, although he's been mm. out there for about 40 balls. His main work will come tomorrow. Matthew Wade, he's yet to score. He's faced 23 balls. He's already been given out once from a ball that pitched outside. The league stump by Ben Stokes. Gaffney gave it out. I think we all knew instantaneously that it was going to be yeah. overturned once we saw the first replay in any case. Oh, um, it was one of the, the rare ones where I watched it live and went, outside leg. You know, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. having it and, and it was proved to be right. It's nice when you get one. What I liked was that Wade <laughs> batted purposefully but conservatively, if you like. Like he was hitting the ball along the ground to the fielders. He was getting his eye in without doing anything daft. And, you know, we, we, mm. we heard from Wade before the test series started and he, and he talked about batting in really tough English-like conditions at Bell Reve Oval yep. the last two years. In other words, when he was um, taken away from the, the superhighway that is the MCG, which is always a road, he had to mm. play in far more challenging conditions down in 
in Tasmania, and he almost retaught himself that skill, which puts him in such a good position to do well when the ball's moving around early here because he's yeah. had to tighten his technique up. And that's why I think he's still there at the close tonight because, you know, the way that Travis Head fell, if Wade had a fallen in, in similar circumstances, you, yeah, we, we, you know, you don't get hung out for dry getting out on a morning like this. I suppose you could be forgiven. Yep. But the fact that Wade made the finish line is, uh, is is to his immense credit because it shows that his game has improved quite a lot. I wrote in my piece tonight that he, he now looks like a, an established senior player. It's taken three goes as a batsman in his team. And sure, the sample size is small so far. But mm. the 100 last week and the way he batted today, he looks just... Aesthetically, yep. he looks like a senior player. Well, I, th- I think what what stood out to me was that he and Smith, Smith came out and looked unperturbed. Now the bowling was still tough, and you know there was some good stuff on display, but Smith never really looked in trouble. There was uh, there were two balls in a row from Stokes. There was one that swung and beat his outside edge, and then there was one that sort of seamed in and, and took the leading edge as he kept it out of his pads, but. Really, he didn't look in any real trouble. And then Wade was the the, the only other player that morning who came out and looked equally at ease. He, yep. he looked equally calm and confident. And he also laced three shots. He had a clip of his pads, he had a cover drive, and he had a square drive, and all of them went straight to the field. So, yep. you know, another day, three boundaries if he'd um, got the placement slightly different. So he was striking it well when he went for the ball. And the rest of the time he was leaving quite confidently. He was... Mm. Um, Playing, defending back down the pitch quite confidently. And so, you know, I'm really fascinated to see what he can do tomorrow. Yeah, and, and Smith, uh, he's ostentatious leaves. And that, that there's two clips, isn't there? There's the one to get off the mark, which you're writing about or you've been looking at. And then there's the yep. one he played at the other end down here, so our end, the media end, where he managed to beat fine leg having got so far across his yeah. off stump. I mean, I know we, we see him bat all the time. We should be used to this. But so far across to the offside that he had enough time to, like, place the ball mm. to the finest of fine leg ropes. I mean, fine leg was already fine as it is. But yeah. he's in that kind of form at the moment that you, you have to be so precise. And to be fair, England yeah. were very good to Smith tonight, or this, this morning, rather, I thought. I thought they did a, a really good job bowling to him in that channel and it made him leave a lot of balls outside of the off stump. Just what Joe Root said, they were going to try and bore him out rather than go to plan B, plan C, plan D, and so on, as they mm. did at Edgebaston after like 20 minutes when they seemed to freak out in the second inning. So credit to England, but also it's another reminder that Smith, he doesn't care that the degree of difficulty walking out there is so high. To him, that's just more fun. It's like, right, it's another level. Mm. I, I have to do even better again than I did last week. He seems to, to yeah. thrive on the contest being harder. Well, exactly. Um, and that, as you say, that leg glance, you know, a lot of the time you don't get great contact on a leg glance. So they'll sort of dribble away and, and you'll get to the rope because no one's near it. That was a middled leg glance, if you will. It was, yeah, it yeah. was out of the meat of the bat because it went zing off to the rope and there was no chance. And then, yeah, the other one, the shot he played to get off the mark, I, I am going to see if I can write an entire feature. Well, 800,000 words on yep. one shot. Yeah, I think I've done I it before. A shot for a single. <laughs> a shot for a single. Um, I'm going to see what I can do. So, you know, <laughs> it'll be up on the ABC website at some point. Inter- interesting perspective on that on that boundary. I was sitting next to Greg Baum, who's been covering Test cricket for thirty odd years, and uh, he was just flabbergasted by that shot from Smith. In that he's like, you, you would never see a player be able to do that until the modern era, and he, only Smith you can really imagine even pulling it off then. Mm. But Stuart Broad bowling the way he's bowling at him, he's on one, he, he's swinging it around. As I said before, it's it's pitch black. Yeah. I mean, the lights are on full blast. And, and he has the confidence and technical capacity to, to pull that off. And I think that might have been the over before the rain came down. So, yeah. So watch this space for Smith tomorrow. I know I uh, 
sound like a bit of a broken record um, repeating myself after Edgebaston last week before day four, but it feels to me as though if Smith's there at the lunch break, Australia probably have a lead. Maybe not yet, but they probably will acquire a lead. And mm. a first innings lead in a game like this will be so valuable given how many overs have already been lost and then we'll head into the third innings and it could be a bit of a lottery but 98 overs available on both days that's still a lot of cricket left um, we get an extra hour essentially across the last two days and, it, and it's not meant to rain crucially. Well yeah I mean if it doesn't rain you know if Australia managed to bat a couple of sessions and get a reasonable lead and then well who knows if, you, if you've got up to four sessions to come after that for, for England to get nervous and I think it's it's that thing where they won't quite know how to approach it if that yeah. happens, you know. But but then turn the um, turn the the coin around, and if they get Smith early tomorrow, then you know they, they manage to knock over Australia in deficit. Then suddenly it's a very very difficult match for Australia to be in. So there is still that chance of the result. I'm I'm hopeful we'll get something, but um, yeah, it's 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 who. Who triumphs in that first 10 overs again tomorrow morning? You know what? When we came here today, it's fairly unusual to hear sort of the five-minute bell ring and then players um, having to come out and, and survive. That's it's usually the end of the day you're seeing players survive or, or on the fifth day in the fourth innings or whatever it is. And yeah. We got a, a bit of a, a taste test for that. In a way, I hope we see one of the two teams defending for for, for, for dear life on, on, on afternoon five. That might be an, an appropriate way for this match to end given that we've lost all the time. But there is enough time for a result as well. Stuart Broad bowling really well as, as well and you know it's, it's kind of good to see him back it up twice in a row um, interesting little number I can't remember who popped it up but someone pointing out that Australia's openers across nine innings had made fewer runs than Rory Burns made in that one glorious innings oh, really? <laughs> in Birmingham yeah they've made go about, Rory go they've made about 120 yes. Bancroft and Warner between them in nine <laughs> goes have made about 120 <laughs> runs so um, uh, they've played about as many false shots between them as Rory did in that innings too and to watch this space on that and last thing I just wanted to put to you because you were here in 2013 and 2015 uh, we were talking yes. at the lunch break about how we felt as though when conditions were against Australian sides over here in 13 and 15 the proper collapse would happen. Like they would have lost seven or eight wickets today mm-hmm. rather than just the three. Like when, when things went right, everything went to pot. But maybe that is a sign of growth that things weren't good today. And yeah, we, we've already discussed Bancroft and, and Kawaja at the front and then Smith and, and Wade at the end. And, and yes, they lost three for 50 today on paper. It wasn't like an impressive performance. They'll be disappointed with their output taken mm. as a whole. But I guess the perspective being that we're, we're, we're almost conditioned in this country for it being a lot worse than that. So maybe it's like a, a provisional pass on that basis. Yeah, maybe. But I think the difference basically is Steve Smith, when things went bad in 2013, Steve Smith was a player who'd never made a Test 100 um, mm. and was was still an apprentice you know, about to come good, about to, to start to be de- um, designated a master. And when things went badly in 2015, they were in the three tests where he didn't make runs. True. He made big runs in two and they won, and he made no runs in the other three and they got absolutely flogged. So honestly, I, I don't think it's necessarily a thing you can put across the whole team. I think mm. you can say it is Smith. Smith is there. He is w- what he is, and he's the difference. Indeed, it's once again all about... Stephen Peter Devereaux Smith. Uh, before we finish up, Jeff, CBUS Advice Services offer members over the phone information about general advice 
about their Seabus Super on topics like superannuation, investment options, contribution strategies, and planning the best way to maximise their super for retirement. If you want to get some more information about that, jump on seabussuper.com.au and grab yourself a PDS. And of course, past performance is not a reliable indicator for future performance. Unless your name is Stephen Smith. And off it is. It's uh, apparently very reliable <laughs> at this point. His, uh, his average has gone above 63 in this match, which it, it, it snuck above 63 at Edgebaston and then finished up at a, a paltry 62.96 after that test. And now we're back into the 63. We're going to have to at some point find a new measure for how we... I mean, I know you and I have both got very excited. My personal favourite is the Steve Smith 50-plus ratio after the 24th of August 2013. Mm-hmm. Obviously the hundreds, but the 50-plus ratios is crazy. Yep. And his average after that's like 78 or something preposterous as well. Yeah. We're going to have to find a new measure for Smith because if we just keep measure, uh, going by the average, it'll be 63. It'll, it'll be hard one gains to mm. 64, 65. I mean, yep. he can never reach 99.94. No, no, no. So no. we need to find something else to focus our attention on at some stage. He needs a bunch of Bradman 299 not outs in order to, to get yes. up into the 90s, which isn't going to happen. But no. um, yeah, he doesn't go big as often. He, he goes almost as often as the Don these days, but he doesn't go big. Anyway. It's still raining here at Lords. We're going to sign off uh, in the big press spaceship. Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon for Seabus Super. This has been the final word, Ashes Daily, day three at Lords. Let's hope for two very dry days, 98 overs of cricket Lots on of both cricket. of them. Lots. We need some cricket. We need some cricket to talk about. Hopefully, we'll have it over the weekend. And after that, we'll tell you all about it. Sorry if I ran out to empty broke this, so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Every day, hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super Option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.